Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to I Am the Future with your host, Nadine Fontaine, co-host, Dr. Dean Cirilla, special guest host, Joanna Sanchez, and Juice Thomas. This is I Am the Future, and now, Nadine Fontaine. Hi, thank you, Julie. This is Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean Cirillo. And we're here to answer your questions on love, life, career, and what's ever on your mind. The phone lines are open and we'll be taking your calls later in the show, so give us a call at 646-381-4141. I just want to announce that Blog Talk Radio this evening is having some difficulties technical difficulties, so if anybody has any problems dialing in, please keep trying. They're working on the problem right now. Um, We are getting calls coming in already, so it should be okay, but they have notified us that there are some technical issues going on. All right. Um, Well, we've got a great show for you tonight. Later in the show, we have a fabulous astrologer, Lisa Elvitz-Deltari, who's going to be explaining natal charts and their influence on our lives. Stay tuned for that and much more as Lisa examines the charts of some famous people as well as my chart and those of my co-hosts. We've been anxiously anticipating this show, so we'll be talking to Lisa shortly. Tonight we also have a new guest co-host with us, Julie Zellman. Hi, Julie. Hi. Hi, Julie. Hi, Julie. Hi, Dr. Thrilla. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. Uh Uh-oh, there's three three J's now. What did Frank say about changing his name to a J name? Oh, yes, so we'll have to get Frank to, uh, maybe he'll be Joe next week. Okay. (laughs) Oh, you have to be a J. That's true, because we are all J's. (laughs) Yes, yes. Jill, uh, Julie, Jean, Joanna. (laughs) Wow, this is amazing. What All else? we need is, is a Joan now. Any Jones out there that want to be on the show? Come on down. I don't Tonight know. Tonight will be another day. I'm not going to ask for any Johns, you know, that has two meanings. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's true, yeah. So that's true. We can never have a John co-host here. No. So the switchboard is open. Give us a call at 646-381-4141 to speak to me and Dr. Cirillo later in the show. The switchboard is already lighting up, and we're waiting for your call. I am so excited tonight because Lisa, my astrologist, is on the show. Yay! Yay. (laughs) I love her so much. She is amazing, and she has helped me for so many years now, and she has the best memory I have ever seen in my life. I mean, wow. I remember, you know, saying to her, oh, my November is not, not so good. And she said, well, every November at this time, you know, so she charted it and she knows. And one of my best stories about it is she she had told me about a lucky day, and, and she said, well, if you're near a casino. And I, I had forgotten about it, and I was in Aruba, and next thing you know, I won $1,500 oh my God. on one yeah. quarter, on one tip or one quarter thing. And I said, oh, I've got to go look at what Lisa said, and it was on that day. Ooh. So, yeah, so, uh, but she's helped me with so much, and I'm just so happy she's here. Yeah, me too. I mean, you turned me on to her recently, and I was absolutely blown away. So we've, I've been talking about this night and this show for 
for what about four weeks now in great yeah. anticipation. Of I hearing... can't wait to hear my name. I know. Scared. Good bad aspects from age fifteen, like I discussed last week. I don't know if I want to hear the bad in the future. Well, maybe you'll have some pleasant surprises in store for you. I mean, I have no idea what any of your charts look like. Um, Age 15, the computer gets turned off. Um, I All I could say is that um, she was so really phenomenal with me, and I'm just hopeful that she has some good news for all of us. So it will be really, really exciting to hear. I feel yeah. so honored to be the guest co-host today because I've been listening to your show for weeks thinking I'd like my chart read, and now I – get it just because uh, <laughs> we get to start today. <laughs> I know. I'm excited. This will be great. And, and you know, uh, there's a lot of things that I want to talk to Lisa about before she jumps in and starts doing the charts um, because I, I'm not that familiar with, you know, even the natal chart and really the fundamentals of that. So that's something that I do want to talk to her about when she comes on the show in a little bit. But... Um, yeah, there's definitely, we all know signs. Uh, everyone sees them in the paper or in uh, tabloids, but there's so many different aspects of the astrology that many of us don't know, so it's going to be very cool to hear her. Yeah, it really, Bye. really is. And Lisa is also the one that does our Starline report. So that's, and, mm-hmm. and I know she's been absolutely blowing us away every single week with all her really positive predictions, so it's going to be exciting. I'm, really, I'm looking forward to the show tonight. I really am. I can't wait. I know. Yay. And now it's time for Lady Fontaine's Thought of the Day. What is your relationship with money? You've heard me talk about loving yourself, honoring yourself, and being true to yourself. So tonight I want to talk about your relationship with money. In our society, money has become a a symbol of success. Money has become become such a necessity that it is literally impossible to live without some kind of income. But when you rely on anything outside of you to sustain you, you are giving your power away. What is all that noise? <laughs> oh, my God. I thought it was part of the speech. I thought it was part of the speech. No, I have no idea. Oh, you thought it was one of my sound effects? Maybe yes, Lisa yes. would have predicted it. Maybe Lisa would have predicted it. We should have asked her. <laughs> oh, my. I the weather is very bad. Maybe it's bad. That that's what I think. Radio's having tonight. That's exactly what, I, what must be going on. So to the listeners, if you hear some weird stuff here, just ignore it. Just Stay tuned because we've got a great show here. I would have thought it was a sound effect. Maybe that's you shouldn't have commented. <laughs> and I was say, what the heck is that? But in any event, maybe that's a sign that money's coming or something. Because oh, that yeah. sounded like a big barrel of money. Ooh, yeah, it did. Sounded like maybe a space sounded... opening up. Or, or it could have maybe even um, like um, uh, uh, a slot machine when you know all the coins Ooh, coming yeah. down. Ooh. So Ooh. I guess that we were somehow manifesting Joanna's win. This is great. <laughs> but well, anyhow, speaking about money, the secret to your success lies within you. Yes, you heard that right. It isn't the job or the company that you work for or the potential or employer or clients. It is always within you. What better scenario can you imagine? You hold the key to your own success. So stop looking outside of yourself for the raise or more clients or more success. Find it within yourself 
today, right now, in fact. Yeah, I know, these are hard economical times, but you don't have to buy into the concept that it's difficult or impossible to succeed in a slow economy. Let me tell you that in any economy, if you're radiating at the right frequency, you can draw money, success, financial abundance, career changes, or whatever you want easily into your life. So how do you do that? Well, the techniques I talk about each week about honoring yourself apply to money as well. If you have a job where you are not, where you're feeling that you're not appreciated or valued or fulfilled, that's an indication that you are not valuing yourself. Start with you and everything else will fall into place. The mistake people often make is they run off to the next job and what, and what they inevitably discover is the same problems, different faces, but the same situations. So the key to your financial success is the same as the key to your relationship success. Honor yourself and always, and I repeat always, find things to be grateful for rather than being stuck in lack. Lack will attract more lack, and you have within your grasp the key to financial success and freedom, so learn to use it to manifest the things that you truly desire. That's great. Yeah, and, and especially because it is a slow economy, I think that it's really imperative that people realize that you know, people can succeed, any of us can succeed at, in anything if we feel it from within and if we work through all the things that truly limit us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to get clear about what limit, limits us. And to get Also, confident. in a slow economy, there's not so much uh, focus on, on having the best of everything and being wealthy. So, you know, in some ways it's it's actually easier for people who haven't felt that good about themselves or haven't had that much money. It it, it keeps the balance of power a little. That there's is- this uh there's this quote that's in the book Conversations with God. Are you all aware of the Neil Donald Walsh yes. trilogy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he. I remember in the book, it stayed with me a long time. It's, I still think about it a lot. Is that he lost his job, and he was really angry that he lost his job. And he, and just like you said, Lady Fontaine, how lack tracks lack. Um, he couldn't understand. He said, "How can lack? How can how can I be attracting lack? I need this job. I want this job. It attracts money. I need to have support my rent." The answer that he got was. Uh, it was basically the actual quote. Um, what comes back to him, it says, now in this present instance, you see yourself as the victim of the situation, of losing your job. Yet the truth is that you no longer chose that job. You stopped getting up in the morning in anticipation, and the truth, the truth is that you no longer chose this job. You began facing the day with dread. You stopped feeling happy about your work and began feeling resentment. You even began fantasizing about doing something else. You think these things mean nothing? You misunderstand your power. I tell you this, your life proceeds out of your intentions. That is really, I mean, that really does say it all. Julie, you, you're breaking up at your end. Is anybody else hearing it? I'm hearing Just Julie a breaking bit. up. I'm having trouble hearing her, yes. Yeah, I, and I know that quote, and, I, and it's a really powerful and phenomenal quote, too. Um, but you are breaking up. Okay, um, I was having te- technical difficulties. I lost. Uh, I lost the. Uh, you're speaking also, so. Yeah, we can't even okay. hear you now. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, 
try to figure it out. And, okay. Know, All right. Even if you have to hang up and dial back in, because it looks like the switchboard is opening now. There's a lot of callers in queue. So okay. please call 646-381-4141 to speak with Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo. They're here to answer all your questions about love, relationships, and life. Call 646-381-4141 to get expert advice on all that troubles you. Do we have and a now call it's Hello? Hello? Now it's time for Lisa Elvin Salteri's Weekly Astrological Starline Report. Hi, this is Lisa with the Starline Report. Aries, this is the week when you need to truly re-examine your life and make a plan for achieving your goals and objectives. On the 28th, the full moon may ignite and illuminate a work or professional matter. You need to get some answers. Secret or hidden matters may be revealed this week. Listen up. Taurus, the full moon on the 28th falls in your love zone. It may be time to truly focus your attention on what you need and want from love in your life. A friend's wisdom is a gift to you at this time. On the 3rd, love at first sight is possible. Be careful what or who you look at. Gemini, is it possible that you finally are going to get the recognition you've been working so hard for? The 28th is a red-letter day when luck and timing are yours. The full moon may add a little bit of unnecessary drama, but all will flow as it must. On the 1st, Mercury moves into your hopes and dreams zone. Let your mind run wild. Cancer, distant places and people beckon you this week. On the 27th, a financial matter may be shrouded in a little bit of fog. It's time to clear things up. A lucky streak may be yours on the 28th. The full moon on the 28th falls in your daily living zone. It's time to figure out how to be more productive. Leo, Mars continues in your sign, giving you lots of enthusiasm and energy for new projects. Don't despair if things are not moving as fast as you would wish. They will very shortly. The 28th is a red-letter day for money matters. It's time to take a stand and ask for what you truly want. Figure out your true bottom line. Virgo, your closest relationships come to the forefront of your life this week. Your ability to truly understand someone's emotions will be remarkable. You are there for the people in your life and they truly appreciate you. The full moon on the 28th is in your sign. Expect it to be more emotional than usual. Libra, your ability to be both charming and diplomatic is at an all-time high this week. Use it wisely when confronted by an office colleague who is definitely not happy. The sun conjunct Jupiter on the 28th. Many of you will be surprised at the job offers and new opportunities that are emerging. Enjoy. Scorpio, a very romantic week and weekend is in store for you sexy Scorpios. On the 28th, you are blessed by a gift. Appreciate the love that is behind it. The full moon on the 28th has some of you wondering if it's love or friendship. Hopefully it's both. Your creativity is definitely high on the first. Let your imagination run wild for a change. Sagittarius, decisions on the home front abound. Is it time to move or just paint? You need to make up your mind. The full moon on the 28th will shake things up and decisions will emerge from the drama that may surround you. A gift or purchase this week truly is something you will treasure forever. Capricorn, communication is key this week. Your ability to truly express yourself and your needs will play a large part in helping you achieve your goals. 
On the 27th, use intuition to guide you in weighing the project. A lucky phone call or visit will continue to see things on a much bigger scale on the 28th. Aquarius, money matters continue to dominate this week. Your ability to read between the lines on the 27th helps you out in a big way. On the 28th, you get the green light for a potential project that could truly be lucrative. The full moon forces you to truly think about what you value and hold dear. The answers might surprise you. Pisces, your birthday month is now in full gear. Continue to bask in the attention of others. Your ruler Neptune nuzzles up to Mercury on the 27th. You are truly psychic today. Use it wisely. The full moon on the 28th has relationship issues and partners come to the forefront. Someone may truly need your compassion and understanding. This is Lisa with the Starline Report. Always remember to follow your star. Tonight, we have the pleasure of having the amazing astrologer who prepares these weekly predictions for us in the studio with us tonight. We're so excited and thrilled to welcome Lisa Elvin Staltari to our show. Lisa. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for such a wonderful... Hi. <laughs> Thank Hi. you so much for all that wonderful praise. I don't know if I can live up to it, but I, I'll certainly uh, you know, do my best to give you all some good predictions. Oh, uh, well, we're so excited. We've been talking about you for weeks. I'm sure your ears have been ringing. <laughs> I I have. Uh, yes, they have. <laughs> I'm here, and if I'm not breaking up, I just want to let you know this is Julie, and I'm here. Okay. Good. Oh, hi, yes, Julie. And you, sa- you do sound better now. You do. Okay. All yeah, right. much better. Good. Um, Lisa, can you explain to yeah. our listeners what you do? I certainly can. Um, maybe a little bit of background for, you know, about me. Um, just to let you all know that I've been doing astrology now for, I guess, over 30 years, and um, I'm still relatively young, but I started, when I was a very little girl, I had a lot of, um, I was born with a cleft palate and a cleft lip, which meant I couldn't really speak very well, and I had to have all these surgeries, and it left me in a very um, different place than other people, and for some reason, I was drawn to astrology at a very, very young age, about eight or nine, and I began studying it because that became my language. That became, not that I couldn't speak, it's just that I couldn't be understood. And um, and so I began doing charts when I was only 13, 14, the old-fashioned way, without a computer or any, anything like that. And, oh, um, I had that yeah. done, so I, I yeah. know how hard it is. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very hard. You know, I failed math miserably, but for some reason I could do a chart. And so it was um, a really remarkable thing. And I just kept at it. And then somewhere in my late 20s, I became a professional and did some radio and did some, um, had my own column and all of these different things and have always pursued it. And when I moved to, I'm originally from Canada. And when I moved to the United States um, almost a decade ago now, I decided that I was going to pursue that as well as becoming a mom and, and um, a wife for the first time. And this was going to be my second career. And um, and so that sort of gives you a little bit of background as to why astrology is so important to me because in many respects it was the very first language that I spoke in many in in a way because it helped me to understand people and I've never lost my love of it and that's why when you asked me you know what we should do tonight I I thought really back to basics and what you talked about in your thought for the day made me smile because. You know, knowing oneself and understanding 
who we are and what we're on this planet for is part of the attraction um, to money. When we know what we're supposed to be doing here, it's amazing how the money flow flows. And it's, it's critical, actually. And if you're doing something that you truly love, regardless of the money, money will come. But you have to find the thing you love. And part of astrology's mission is to help people understand what they're here for. And, and how does astrology do that? Is that with the natal charts? That is exactly with the natal chart. Basically, what, what a, a chart is, is a picture of the heavens at the moment, the precise moment you were born in the location and the year and all of that. So it's as if we stood outside um, the moment that uh, anybody was born and took a picture with a telescope of all of the different planets and where they were. And that is a fact. That is astronomy, if you will. And what astrology is, is astronomy brought down to earth and applied to the affairs of man, or so said Ralph Waldo Emerson. And so that basically is the concept. And what we do with astrology is we look at the planets uh, from the sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, and we put them into some sort of a circle. And I used to call that, it was kind of like a pizza, and it was divided into 12 different sections. And each one of those sections has, tells us something about the person and about their life. And it is a basic blueprint. And with that blueprint, we have infinite possibilities. And um, it's, it's amazing when you look at a chart of a child and you, you see all the possibilities and they often will choose one avenue early on in their life and in their 30s they'll take another part of their, of their pizza, if you will, another slice and say, you know, I'm going to do it this way. And that's why people are constantly reinventing themselves and looking for different things because there most most people have, have incredibly complex charts and, and charts that have a lot to say. Um, it's very, very rare that you find a person who has only one specialty. It can happen, and it does, but most people have far more to offer the world than they think. Wow. Can you go over how, um, what, what each planet, like how the sun is who you really are and Mars exactly. how we handle so, our anger? Absolutely. So what we're looking at is when we first start off with a chart, the very first thing we have to look at is where was the sun positioned when you were born? And so that's what makes you, for example, Joanna, a Libra. Dr. Cirilla, for example, was born when the, when the sun was in Scorpio. And Lady Fontaine, when the sun was in Gemini. And um, Julie, when the sun was in Libra. So we have two Libras um, on the show tonight. And um, so the sun tells us our ego, our basic blueprint. But it's not everything. That's why Joanna and Julie are two different Libras. But they'll share common qualities, common things that all Libras have. An insistence, for example, on fairness, on balance, a need for that. How it's exhibited and how they do it will be unique to them. But each, a Scorpio will never want superficiality. A Scorpio will always want depth. There isn't a Scorpio alive who says, oh, no, just give me, you know, just give me a little bit. <laughs> Scorpios <laughs> always want it all. <laughs> now, Gemini's on the other hand. I know, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> okay. Now, Gemini's on the other hand are the masters of, give me a little bit of everything so I can digest <laughs> a lot of stuff. 
<laughs> because their boredom threshold is so is so low. I mean, they they just I mean they they need variety and they need lots to be doing lots of things. And that's so if you stick a Gemini in one job, you know, for the rest of their lives, it would be very 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 challenging, very challenging for them. They need to constantly be doing at least two things, at least at least right. Yes, and so the that's sun is your basic. Yes, and so the the sun is your basic blueprint, and then when we, and that's why, for example, when I do the starline report, it really is based on the sun, the sun Libra. You can also look at the rising sign. The rising sign. That's why a lot of people need to know that um, you have to know the time of birth to be able to truly construct a chart. And um, so the 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 time you were born tells us the rising sign, the sign that was rising on the horizon when you were born. And so the rising sign can also be, when you, when you listen, if you know your rising sign, when you listen to sun sign astrology, you can actually sometimes get more by, by listening or reading the, the sign that is rising uh, for you. So, for example, for Joanna, she has Aquarius rising. So she would be able to, to listen and, or read Aquarius uh, sun sign interpretations and be able to also glean something from that as well. The rising sign tells us how you approach the world and how the world sees you. That's why so many times when you get to know somebody, let's say somebody is born with a Leo rising. Um, so they're very flamboyant and they're very open. And yet they are actually a sun sign Aquarian. Um, that would mean that they're opposite. Leo, Aquarius being the opposite sign of Leo. So actually when you get to know that person, they're 180 degrees different than um, how you had perceived them. And, and so... It's true that if your rising sign, like I'm a Libra with Aquarius rising, those are compatible signs. Those are very compatible. So people will see the quirkiness, they'll see the independence um, part of you, okay? Um, maybe a little bit of aloofness, but... They won't. It will drive very well with your Libra, but yet when they get to know you, they'll figure out, oh, she's a lot more cozier and warmer than maybe her ascendant will will tell us. So it's. Just, I call that when you meet somebody at a cocktail party, you're really meeting their rising sign. Right. You're not really meeting their sun. That's you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Okay, that's the, and that's the oh, personality that they present is that why? Yes. Exactly, exactly. And that's why so many people walk around um, and, and or people say, you're nothing like I thought you were. I mean, and that's usually, usually a sign that your ascendant is fairly opposite or contrasted to your sun sign. In other words, what you're here on this earth, somehow what you're projecting is completely different. That isn't always a bad thing. In fact, it's not always a bad thing. But the thing is, is that to, in order to get to know these kind of people, you really have to get to know them on a more uh, personal level. And so your rising sign is, is important to know what your rising sign is because, you know, if you have, for example, um, we look at Lady Fontaine, for example, who has cancer rising, okay? Now, cancer rising is going to be much softer, much more emotional in, a, in approach than the, the, all those Gemini planets that we're going to talk about. And, and so when people will first meet you, they'll see the softer side, not the, the analytical and, and uh, um, very versatile Gemini. They'll see much more of the warmth that is still part of your personality, that is still you, but there's so much more. It's a little bit different. It's not 180 degrees different, but they're going to see a lot more coziness right away mm-hmm. um, and, and a lot more warmth. 
um, than is the case because remember that Gemini is a air sign. So it has a certain aloofness to it, a certain intellectual, it's far more intellectual and airy than it is emotion-based. And so the rising sign gives us like a, like I said, it's, it's, if you want to compare it to some clothing, it's like your overcoat. It's the kind of overcoat you're wearing that totally covers you up. Now, if you're wearing an overcoat and it's very traditional, then you take that overcoat off and underneath you're wearing a tweed suit. Well, then it kind of blends. But if all of a sudden you take it off and you've got a bathing suit underneath, it's a little bit jarring. Okay? So that's sort of the analogy or the, the um, illustrative point that, that a rising sign can do. But then there's so much more to a chart because then you're looking at the moon sign. The moon tells us how you react emotionally. For women, this is critical. And for men, it's very critical that they know their lady's moon sign, okay? Because that's how they're going to react when they're going to have a bad hair day, um, if they're stressed or whatever. They, they're, you're going to do your moon. And so if your moon, for example, is in um, an aggressive sign, let me, let me look and see here. Julie, are you there, Julie? I'm here. <laughs> okay. Now, Julie, your moon is in Cancer, but you're a sun sign Libra, okay? Right. So you're very, very easygoing and, and good-natured, and we know that about you. But under stress, your moon in Cancer is going to say, hey, I can feel, I'm emotional, I want this to work out. And, and um, the man in your life or the partner in your life is going to have to know that you are deeply feeling and can sometimes have moods that are not typical of Libras. And you're going you're gonna to feel very much like a Cancerian. And, it's going, and, and um, you are going to definitely, um, you know, be the Cancerian reaction, which is, I want to feel secure. If you don't I feel laugh. secure. I'm <laughs> laughing because it rings so true. <laughs> so if you don't feel secure emotionally, financially, you know, if you don't have enough fr- food in your fridge, it, it's all of those things. And so right. that's not typical of a Libra, okay? And, and so that adds a dimension to your Libra son, which is all nice and happy and the great diplomat of all time. We all know Libras are the most charming people, which is why many of them succeed so well in politics and, and in, um, you know, all of the um, diplomacy and that sort of thing. So they're, they're fabulous. But, but with the moon in Cancer, you're not going to be walking around like a diplomat, you know, all the time. And so you're going to feel, and that somebody's going to have to read your moods and, and know that you're going, to, um, you're going to have some security needs and some emotional needs that are not in your head, they're in your heart. And they, right. the person that is with you has to know that you have, a, you have your head and you have your heart. You don't always agree, but there you go. I'm going to definitely explain this to him <laughs> yes. right after the show's over. <laughs> so, so the moon tells us how, how you feel, how you react. Mercury is the planet of thought. And where your Mercury is positioned is how you're going to express your ideas. A lot of times when I was a teacher, that would be what I would be looking at for, um, uh, for students who had learning disabilities. Um, you can easily spot them. And in fact, I did uh, some studies with uh, a guidance counselor that I worked with, and we, we kind of looked and saw where were the learning disabilities. You can't 100% predict, oh, this person has this aspect, and so they're going to have a learning disability. But you can see a, a predisposition to it. And so you need to work with that energy. But the mercury will tell us how you process information. 
and what um, if you if you get stressed easily, what you need, how you need to to learn or study. Um, and um, it's very important in relationships. I think sometimes, you know, as astrologers, we don't often look at the role of Mercury enough because part of a relationship and in life as well is we need to be understood. And if the way that we're speaking or conveying information to a partner isn't um, isn't something isn't flowing, obviously we're going to have difficulties on other levels as well. So Mercury is a very very important planet. Now the one that everybody wants to know about is Venus, which rules love and what you love. And I can't talk about Venus without talking about Mars, which is the sex planet. So you got love and you got sex, and you got Venus is what you um, what you attract, what you fall in love with. Mars is what you fall in passion with. Now, if you happen to have Venus and Mars together and happy, you're going to have a much easier time in relationships. If your Venus and Mars don't really see eye to eye, in other words, they're in incompatible signs, you're going to have some adjustments to make. And a lot of times when I'm dealing with people on a you know, consulting basis, you know, if they have any kind of issues, relationship, a lot of it has to do with, with sexuality or intimacy, and a lot of it has to do, goes back to their own Venus and Mars. Part of what astrology teaches us is about um, truly, um, truly understanding what we need. Um, and what, a lot of times, what, what you fall in love with isn't necessarily what you... Uh, to, for want of a better term, necessarily are going to um, be passionate about. And so sometimes people have that dichotomy within themselves. Understanding that is going to help them make the compromises. Those are the most important planets that we deal with. The other planets I can get to in a minute. Do you all have any questions? No, I'm fine. You're good? Yep. Okay. Um, the rest of the planets are Jupiter and Saturn and Uranus, and Neptune, and Pluto. Those are big-time planets. Those are planets that stay in a sign for between anywhere from one year to 20 years or 30 years, like Pluto. And so where they're positioned in a chart is important based on the, the house position, but it isn't really um, as important, like, because, for example, I was born with Jupiter and Pisces. Everybody born my birth year has Jupiter and Pisces. So that really isn't that important. But where my Jupiter is for example, it's in my eighth house, is going to tell us something about my luck. Jupiter has to do with luck. And where we find Jupiter is where we find our luck. So let me have a look here. Um, wow, Lady Fontaine, you know where you have your luck? Where? <laughs> She's like, please tell me. Um, <laughs> you, you have your luck in groups, associations, networking. It's wow. in the 11th house of friendships and networking. And that is where you will always be blessed. Wow. Okay, it comes easy to you. Uh, now, Dr. Cirillo, you are very, very fortunate because you have Jupiter in the 10th house of career. That is usually a signature of someone who will achieve uh, you know, a lot in their life and it has a, a fairly, um, uh, an easier time, if you will, of, of gaining professional favors. Even when you're down and out, you're never really down and out because you've got a guardian angel. Um, helping you out in career, um, and, and no matter how 
how the you know the winds may shift you, with Jupiter in the tenth house of career. That's usually a signature of someone who will continuously achieve some prominence, and it's usually a signature of someone who achieves some level of of um, of you know higher level of recognition in whatever profession they choose. I so you're told very, you, very... Dr. Cirillo. <laughs> well, you know, I felt good about I that. You. I heard, I had thought that my uh, my rising sign was uh, was Sagittarius. I was going to ask you this before, but you you were going so quickly. When Sorry. I was 15, they told me that my rising sign was Sagittarius. When he did it by the math, later yeah. on somebody did it by computer and said that it was Scorpio, which is it the is. same as my son. It is Scorpio. Oh, oh my it is. God, and so you know I'm... what? And I think I think the reason why they gave you um, Sagittarius, I have a feeling, is that um, you were born October 24th, and so um, that was we were still on daylight savings time, and so a lot of times when they do it, um, you know, this is early on. I mean, a lot of the times we have to actually allow for if someone's born in September or October, or especially October. Um, the same thing is true for you, Julie. I had to research it um, because both of you were born with uh, during Eastern Daylight Savings Time. And so it's important we have to subtract the hour, you know. And so that hour will, would make the difference. In other words, oh, it would have been. Oh, because you yeah. did tell me that much the Sagittarius, he said it was my rising sign. Now, you're saying Jupiter, but that just when the chips were really, really down is when I would suddenly get a stroke of luck. Yes, yes, no, no. You, and he, yeah. you were reading that from Jupiter. He put that into the Sagittarius. Well, yeah, no, but I can see, I can absolutely see why he would have, if you, if you did the chart for Eastern Standard okay. Time, you would have, yeah. you would have um, Sagittarius rising. And, uh, yeah, and um, Julie has Capricorn rising, which is a sign of big business, career, and um, definitely, and definitely a, um, I was talking about Jupiter, but I just wanted to tell you, I, you already knew that, eh, Julie? About Capricorn rising? Are you there, Julie? Hello? Oh, did we lose Julie again? Did we lose, oh, okay. Oh, no. Julie? Is Julie there? I'm here. Okay. Oh, Julie, Sorry, I was just talking about technical difficulties, but I oh. hear everything you were saying. Oh, no. okay, good. Um, and um, I do. I don't want to get off topic. That your Jupiter not only is in your tenth house; it's conjunct your tenth house, which is a way of saying it's sitting right on top of your chart. And so, Lady Luck will smile on you every, nice. and you'll predict. I'll take yeah, it. <laughs> you'll take that. Okay, You're, it's interesting. You both have Jupiter in the tenth. Now, Saturn. Let's get so Jupiter is the luck. It's definitely, it's there, it's always there for you. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Joanna, Jupiter, you know where your Jupiter is? You know that. Joanna, yeah. are you there? Yeah. Hello? Where's your Jupiter? I can't remember right now. You can't remember? She's very fortunate. She's got Jupiter in the eighth house of other people's money. What does that usually, mean? <laughs> that's, usually, <laughs> that's usually a signature of, of, of being able to find the right financing and always be able to somehow have a, a um, you ha- have people who are going to be supportive of her. It's very very positive for any profession, but certainly anything in the creative arts. So she has a very very lucky chart um, in terms of money, um, and, and it will it will continue to grow, Joanna. Good. Ooh. <laughs> so 
still continue to grow. Now, Jupiter, I call, is Santa Claus. And I always talk about Saturn. And I always, you all remember, and I've said this to Joanna a million times, but Saturn is the planet. You all remember John Hausman in the paper chase? Mm, yes. The law mm. professor. That's what Saturn is. Saturn comes along in a chart, is there in your chart, and it's saying, okay, here's where it's going to hurt. Here's where you're going to have pain. Here's where you need to grow. And it can be very personal. It can be something that you kind of put under the the um, the, the blanket, so to speak, and don't deal with. Uh, it always comes cropping up. And But that's where when we want to see where someone's in pain or having difficulty, um, that's where we look at. Now, the good news is Saturn with age tends to get uh, much better. I, my, in my chart, just to give you an example, Saturn is in the seventh house of marriage. Now, that traditionally says that you will not get married until you're fairly older or to an older man. Now, I have done both. I got married in my late 30s, and I, my husband is a decade older than I. But um, I had such difficulty with relationships throughout my 20s and 30s, very, very difficult, just just struggling with it always and wanting that. Now, now that I've, you know, I, quote, unquote, got my master's degree in marriage, um, I'm, I'm much better. I'm actually very, very good at marriage, very good at sharing, but it took me a long time to get there. So I'm, it, it wasn't natural. And that's kind of the way it is with Saturn. Where it is in a chart is where we know that we have, we've got work to do, and um, but we also know that we are going to um, have the fruits of our labor uh, rewarded with time. Now, Joanna is actually blessed because she has um, Saturn in her 10th house of career. And that, and the very first time I ever met Joanna, I said to her, you are going to have a very, very long career. Mm. And you are going to be a person that will just increase in stature and it will, it will grow and it will be very solid and it will be something that um, you're not a flash in the pan. You are very definitely going to grow. Now, um, obviously, um, it, it's something that will grow with time. Now, Julie, where's your Saturn? I'm just looking here. Your Saturn is in the, I can't find it. Where is it? Oh, it's in the fourth house of home and family. Now we could we and, and that is usually an, an area of of very strong or 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 lack thereof of of family and so it is usually an, a signature of of dealings with the family and having to to um, find an equilibrium uh, with family members um, mm-hmm. and usually and also um, an importance of of dealing with and because Saturn is in the fourth house of real estate and of homes and, and values. It's a very good signature for um, success in dealing with um, anything having to do with home and family. Wow. So that's something that comes with time as well. Um, and so the Saturn, like I said, I don't want to belabor the point, but Saturn is the great teacher disguised as John Hausman, and he makes you pass the test. He makes you do over and over the test until you can figure out um, you know uh, what you are, um, what you're on this planet for. So it's a very important planet, and when you master it, you really come into your own. And so, and the rest of the planets, the rest of the planets are Uranus, which is a, where we find it in a chart. is about surprises, and Neptune is about 
where we are a little foggy, and Pluto is where our power zones are. So, I mean, we could go throughout the, the, the chart, but you can see the complexity. It's kind of like a big, I mean, it can be a pizza or it can be a big stew that we, we have to blend together. And, and that's kind of how we do what we do. Can Thank we you, quickly, Lisa. So great. Oh, can we quickly oh. just talk about some, uh, a couple famous people, like uh, Tiger Woods, for example? Like, did you see all of his stuff coming? I did not see all of his things. He does not have a chart of someone who, what he's undergoing right now, um, Mr. Woods is definitely a very good person, um, and he is undergoing a tremendous transformation in his life. He's got Pluto, and we'll talk about, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about this, but Pluto um, currently is in the sign of Capricorn, and he's a sun sign Capricorn, and so he's undergoing massive transformation. And when he is, past this point. There's still, there's, you know, a lot of reverberations that are going to happen. Um, I think that um, he will come through this. Um, About a decade ago, I did the chart of Robert Downey Jr., and he was undergoing all of his things, and I just, I remember being so mesmerized by that man's chart, and I said, he is going to come back from this, and I have the same feeling about Tiger Woods. He just is going through you know, his own personal, you know, nightmare, if you will, and has made some choices that were not obviously the best. But it's important that he heal himself, and he, I think he is in that. When I saw him at that press conference, I saw a man truly in the throes of wanting to heal himself. And ultimately, it will be for the greater good. So um, when we look at, um, I'm particularly well-versed in uh, political charts and looking at, um uh, you know, President Obama's chart. I pulled out President Obama's chart and I pulled out a few um, charts of Sarah Palin, also Mitt Romney. Um, did you all want to hear that about... I wanted to talk a little bit about what the United States is going through as well. Well, I would definitely be interested in hearing about Sarah Palin and also what the United States is going through now. Okay. Well, um, I, I think that um, it's very important to note that from an, on an astrological level, the United States is going through probably, obviously, I didn't take an astrology to see that, but uh, a, a, tra- a tremendous transformation. Pluto entered Capricorn um, about the same time as the market, the huge market correction in 08. It literally timed it perfectly. And Pluto went into the sign, Pluto is a sign of transformation and of great upheaval. And so when it went through um, Scorpio, a couple of decades ago, we had the great crisis of AIDS. When it went through Sagittarius, we've had the crisis of all of the religious intolerance and all of the, the terrorists and everything based on religious extremism. Now it's entered the sign of Capricorn, which is about banking, business, the money flow. Is it any wonder? Because we are now in the throes of the most tremendously, I mean, the most tremendous transformation this country has ever seen or will see again. We will come out of it a much stronger place, but we have to clean house, and that's what Pluto's doing right now. And and so it, it is definitely in the chart of the United States. There are much more positive aspects in 2010, both in President Obama's chart, um, you know, that, that basically... Um, uh, we, it's important to know that he's having a good chart because, because, as well, the United States is having a good chart. So we know that 
there's more positive coming. It's not all going to flow all of a sudden and all of a sudden everything's going to get fixed. But his chart looks extremely good. He's a sun sign Leo, and his chart looks incredibly good come March, April, and May. And so we know that things are going to start flowing. When I looked at the chart of the United States, July 4, 1776, we built, you know, you build a chart for that. And um, certainly what we're looking at for the United States is, I would say that they're going through their own personal identity crisis. Who are we? What do we want to do? And so the, the differences between the right and the left are part of um, this. And I haven't talked about it, but this Saturn has a 28-year cycle. Now, obviously, a person will undergo um, probably about three Saturn cycles, if they're lucky. They get to have three of them, so one at 28, one at 58 or 60, and then another one later, you know, 30 years later, 90. If you're lucky, you get three. But a country, a country, the the age of the United States, is going to have, you know, we're in our eighth solar ret- um, Saturn return. That means that when this country was founded, Saturn was in Libra. And lo and behold, Saturn is again in Libra. It means that we're going to the essence of who we are, what we are, and the same issues that, that troubled us at the beginning of this country you know, John Adams versus Thomas Jefferson, are now troubling us again. So it is simply a return. The chicken's coming home to roost. Where are we going? What are we doing? It's John Houseman coming out of the woodworks and saying, what do you want? And we need to reevaluate. We need to, just like a person has to reevaluate and see what's working and what's not. That's what this country is going through. And it will will certainly... um, uh, you know, be a, and the last time we were in a recession, not this big, was during the time of Reagan um, in 80, when he got shot. It was uh, Saturn and Libra as well. And so um, 80 to 82 was Saturn and Libra. And so, again, we have another repeat of that. And so I think that we're seeing a cyclical thing happen, bigger, and, you know, it's much more profound this time. But I, I believe that come summer and fall, you're going to see a lot of signs of growth, much more than we had, we can anticipate now. In um, Sarah Palin's chart is very interesting. She is a quadruple Aquarian. Um, and so she is a person that isn't going, going to go away, and she is a person that is very strong and very, very, you know, my friends on the left would be like, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, obviously not, but... People on the right, obviously, she has a tremendous appeal. She has the kind of appeal that Reagan had. And he was also laughed at. And, and so I'm not trying to compare her to Reagan, but I'm saying that her chart, she is an Aquarian just like Reagan was. So they march to the tune of their own drummer, and she will continue to be like that. And, and she has some points, and she has some, some, you know, she has a voice that other people, you know, have. Now, what's happening in her chart this year is interesting, and I, I'm... You know, not having had the time to truly study it. Um, when I looked at it, um, I said, wow, there's some, there's some things to do with money and some, some things to do with love. And I don't really know what that, what I, I haven't, you know, really, really analyzed it more fully. But I know that she's got some surprises up her sleeve uh, this year. It's coming. It's coming, and I would say probably around the month of June or July. Another, another uh, Sarah Palin surprise. And, and she will continually reinvent herself, and you, I think we'll all be very surprised around 2016, 20, 2016, 2020, 
will be her time. Wow. I don't think 2012 is going to be her time. I, I, I really, I highly doubt it. But I, I think 2016, 2020, I think you're going to see a very different Sarah Kale. She's not going anywhere. She's going to be part of this scene for a very long time. Um, and uh, But certainly when you look at charts of, of, um, of individuals and you look at, at what they've done, like when I look at John Edwards' chart and, and I see, you know, all, all of the devastation that is happening in his life, I mean, this is obviously, I mean, he's got everything hitting his chart all at once and, um, was it predestined in the chart? No, nothing is predestined. But it certainly is a very, very painful period, obviously. But um, he's also going through a tremendously, um, you know, transformation, if you will. But interestingly enough, his chart is one that I could actually look at and say, had he chosen a different path, he might have actually been someone who could have been a counselor. Uh, strangely enough, strangely enough, he was a very deep person, very, very, probably even psychic. Um, but he chose a different um, a different path that wasn't really true to himself, perhaps. And ultimately, he had to come down from the, the peaks of, of um, you know where he was at. And and so hope you know we one can only hope as a human being that you know he learns and and he's able to come out of this um, you know in a in a more positive for his, if not for the sake of his children. But um, did you have questions about other people that I might know or? Well, what about some fast predictions for the co-host with the, the progress chart? Just um, with everybody, Lady Fontaine and Doc, just some very, very quick. Very uh, quick. Yeah, progressions yeah. for each one of us. All right. Well, I will have a look here. Well, let's start with um, Lady Fontaine, of course. Now, Lady Fontaine, I, I have um, definitely seen the very best. A lot of good things are coming. Um, what I am looking at is a tremendous, um, and I, may I share with that with the audience, Lady Fontaine, about Neptune? Uh, yes, yes. Yes, okay. When I first was on the phone with, maybe you want to share, Lady Fontaine. I did maybe a you few times. <laughs> oh, you did already? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh no 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 no! It's an old it's an old story. I still I I'm still thrilled that I was able to point that out to um, Lady Fontaine, being a great psychic. Um, you know, told me where she was born, and and I thought she was kidding. You know, and I said, and she said Neptune, New Jersey, and I said, no really, where are you born? And she said Neptune, New Jersey, and I thought, wow, you couldn't make this stuff up, and so it was really. It was really, to this day, it still makes me chuckle. But it's the perfect spot and um, only, you know, solidifies in my mind, you know, you were meant to do this. This is your, your chosen, this is not a, this is a calling, you know. This is a something that you weren't, you don't even have to choose this profession. This is just something that came from you. But certainly, um, in terms of career, um, Lady Fontaine is, is, reach, is definitely beginning a very, very high cycle of activity um, she's got Uranus in, um, in, Uranus will be entering the sign of Aries. It is, Uranus is a sign of fame, of, of um, unexpected opportunities, of change, of disruption sometimes. But certainly what it, is, it, it will enter, Uranus will enter Aries in the month of May. And it will be in there for the next seven years. It will be beautifully aspecting all of your Gemini planets. That tells us that from your career, Remember, I told you about the um, Saturn. Um, then I said Jupiter was in your 11th house of of, of, of uh, friendships and organizations and networking. 
you've got four planets in that area. So that's going to be the key. So what you're doing right now is definitely what you're supposed to be doing. Wow, thank you. And it's just going to grow. Now, um, Dr. Cirillo. Yes. Dr. Cirillo. It's something you don't want to tell me. I, I can No, no, that. no, no. First of all, first of all, you're a Scorpio, so I always have to be, you know, this has to be, um, I have to be careful what I say because, you know, Scorpios want, what do you mean? What do you mean? And they, and they want to have more depth. So, um, you know, without revealing any confidences, I do, I do see a lot of movement in a residential um, area. Jupiter is going to be moving, Jupiter, the planet of luck and timing, is moving into your fourth house this year. Um, actually, come March, actually, it will be there. Um, I don't know if you're planning a move or relocating or planning on some major renovations, but over the next year, we could be seeing some um, some changes in your in your domestic situation. Again, I don't, this is the first time I, I met you, so I don't know your particular, you know, Reality, I always call it the reality check. So I don't know the, how to interpret it other than to say Jupiter in the fourth house is usually a signature, certainly of good luck, um, in terms of, of residential and domestic and family. Sometimes it, it tells us about um, births and, and um, new opportunities, new people entering our lives. Sometimes we get people moving into our homes at that period. Um, on a career level, you've got um, Saturn, Transiting Saturn, that big, you know, boogie man, uh, it's actually in your um, 10th house. It has been there, which is a high watermark. Um, and so what you're going to be experiencing over the next, I would say, the next six months or so, I think a lot of the seeds that you've planted over the last two years while Saturn has been here, I think you're going to finally see some, some flowers bloom. Things that maybe you thought maybe you thought it was a mistake or it wasn't that good or something like that. Within each so-called not-so-good thing is usually a really, really good seed. And usually that's what Saturn likes. It likes it when you've learned a lesson or it didn't work out exactly as you did. But then it takes that one little root and all of a sudden that thing starts shooting up and you go, whoa, how did that happen? And so that's sort of what I see happening in your in your chart. So I, I really see you've got some big changes coming up, and we can discuss them privately. Um, and and some some exciting things, some exciting things. But again, without a reality check, um, you know, where I know something about you, it would be hard for me to. Um, there's money. There's definitely some money issues and money um, money flow, but also uh, negotiations that are going to be. Maybe high, you know, high, high, um, high intensity, high intensity. Yeah, I would say challenging. I would definitely say challenging. Um, so again, uh, we can discuss that, um, you know, on another on another topic. But um, certainly, but that's coming up probably in the uh, late fall, um, early um, early winter of eleven. So you still got some time. For right now, it's it's fairly smooth. Mm-hmm. It's fairly smooth. Now, Bye. Julie. <laughs> it's, it is about that. Now, Julie. Yeah. Saturn is in Libra, and we know that you are sun sign Libra. This happens once every twenty-eight years, okay? And this means this is your time. Okay. There is. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is it. This is it. They, they're pushing you onto the stage right now. 
and they're saying, but I better do take it. advantage of it. You better <laughs> take it, and no matter how hard or difficult, and I chuckled when I, you know, all your technical issues or whatever, I'm sure that it's kind of like a metaphor for, you know, a period in your life right now with Saturn and Libra, just making things, even the simplest of things during this time, can be um, very challenging, you know. And so, but it's Saturn saying, nope, you're going to, I'm going to put, I'm, here's your test, here's your exam, and you'll be constantly asked, is this what you really want to do? Where do you want to go? How do you want to do this? Yes, you're doing right. Or no, you're not doing right. So it's a time of testing, but a time of great rewards. And um, you were born later in the sign. Your, your son sits at 27 degrees of, scorp- of, of Libra, sorry. So you're almost three or four days later and you, have been a, you would have been a Scorpio. Um, and um, so you are going, you're not going to feel the intensity of Saturn and Libra until probably next year. But you're beginning. The snowball is, is, so a lot of the things that you're doing right now are, again, planting the seeds. And it may be like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? But trust me when I say, you will look back on this time and say, wow, I can't believe everything I accomplished. It's going to be phenomenal. By 2012, you will, because then Saturn will move out of of Libra, um, you will, certainly 2012, October of 2012, is going to be a huge, huge monumental period for you, like that fall, late summer. I just happen to know that because I just finished a chart for somebody and, and uh, we were discussing when Saturn leaves Libra. And um, so I think that um, you need to, whatever you've got that has about a two-year window, that's what you've got to look at, like a two-year window of working and, and going toward a specific goal, really, really te- targeted. And I think that that's going to be, um, um, it's going to bear fruit in about two years from now. So this Thank is the time much. of seeding. Oh, you're very welcome. And Joanna, my love. Yes. You can tell us all about Saturn. Oh, yes. Saturn and Libra. Yes. Now, you are the opposite of um, Julie because all these J's, it's like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I uh, talked about that before. My this mouth, my mouth. Show. Okay. And um, you were born early in the sign of Libra. So she, so, um, you know, Julie may actually end up calling you and saying, how does that feel? Now, um, you are past that. Now, you know, um, you well, you're not past it, but you've been living with um, Saturn in Libra. And so a lot of the things that you've been doing, your Saturn will soon, by late summer, be done with your son in Libra. And so a lot of the things that have been holding you back, okay, that the things that you've been planting, the seeds and everything like that, are going to start blooming. Okay, and already, because once we're working with the Saturn energy, and this is important for you, Julie, as well, once you're working, once you're, like, attending the class, again, think of it like a college class. Once you go to the class, you take the notes, you know, it gets easier because you're you're going with the program. Um, And so once you go with the program and you're feeling it, it, the Saturn transits actually work better. And I always recommend during Saturn um, transits that if you're feeling depressed or blue, it's an excellent period to reorganize and get rid of the clutter in one's life and things that you don't no longer need because that's a really good answer. So Saturn wants you to really uh, streamline. Now, um, Joanna, you also have um, Jupiter. Um, you have. Remember we talked about the fact that you have a very, very 
large first house, which means that when a planet hits your first house, it stays in there for a long time. You have Jupiter in the first house, which is a once-in-12-year high cycle. So it's almost like you've got an angel on your shoulder. No matter how things might not work out, quote-unquote, you know, on the surface, they ultimately will work out uh, very positively. This is a time of incredible planting of seeds. And then toward... um, the probably the winter of next year when Jupiter enters your second house of money, that's a time when the money flow will start uh, happening. But right now, just, you know, be the gardener of your own life and, and keep seeding all of these plants and all of these flowers and not really paying that much attention to, you know, is that one going to grow, that one? You can't watch your garden grow, but you can, you can water it, you can nurture it. And that's sort of what I would recommend for you to really, really uh, not be focused on, on results, on, on expectations, I should say. Rather, be focused on what is um, just the joy of planting the seed and, and seeing what the universe is going to give, give back, you know. And that's what I would, I would say to you. Now, how can listeners get in touch with you? We're all I so have happy to have you. <laughs> well, I have a website, and they're um, they're very welcome to go on my website. Um, it's starline-astrology.com. I also have a page on Facebook, Starline-Astrology, where they can go on Facebook and and uh, sign up as a as a fan, and they can you know uh, any questions or comments. Um, and if they want a my, full reading from you? Yeah, they, they can simply email me. There's a, uh, if they go on the website, lisa at starline-astrology.com, they can go on and just you know email me, and, and we'll take it from there. Beautiful. Everything is posted on my website, you know, all the, the different services and things that I offer. And, and uh, it's a very personalized service I offer. So um, each client is you know, uh, like a portfolio that I take on, you know, and so it's not kind of like a computerized thing. It really, I take the client and, and we really, really work together to be able to come up with a um, a chart, you know, a, a chart that um, really responds to what they want and what they are concerned about. And then there's always a follow-up. Whenever I do a chart, we always do about, I, I write it all. Everything is written and then we, we discuss on the phone for as long um, as they need. And so I'm really, really focused on helping the individual um, grow. That is my name. That's, my, that's why I do what I do. And that's so key. I mean, that I think all of us that are doing what we're doing, Lisa, are here to help people grow and expand, you know, expand their consciousness and awareness. Well, Lisa, it was fabulous having you here. I oh, mean, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for the natal shot. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Take good care, and, and I tr- I'm glad all of the – I don't think we had too many technical difficulties while I was on. Did anybody experience any, any kind of uh, – uh, no. no. No, it was good. No, I think that, that was good. That was wonderful. Oh, good. I'm glad I picked a good date then. Yeah, um, all, all right. Thank you, and we definitely want to have you back at another time, so we'll definitely be in touch. But all right. Thank you so much, and blessing, blessings to you all. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. All Bye-bye. Right. And now we're going to take some phone calls for you, Lady Fontaine. Great. We have Who's our first caller. Our first caller is Sheena, and she wants to know if a friend is in it for a relationship or just something physical. So here's Sheena. Sheena, hello. Hi, Sheena. Hi, Hi, how are you? Good, good. What is your friend's first name? 
Um, his first name is Kevin. Um, I really just want to know if there's a potential for a relationship there. And his first name again was? Kevin. Kevin. Okay. Let mm-hmm. me just connect with his energy. All right. Um, <clears throat> one thing that truly is jumping out at me, I, I do feel there is a lot of, um, I, I kind of want to say that physical attraction between the two of you. It feels to me right now that it's predominantly um, lust. It really has a tremendous feeling of um, just, you know, like you guys almost can't get enough of each other, even looking at each other, talking to each other, or anything of that nature. Right now, it's not showing itself to me with tremendous potential of moving into a, say, um, committed relationship, at least not for the next six to seven months. Now, how long have you known him? Um, since November of last year. Okay. Um, I My gut feeling is for the, like I said, for at least the next four or five, six months, it's going to sort of be um, just this a lot of flirting, a lot of um, just vested interest in getting to know each other and almost like you can't take your hands off of each other. But I'm seeing the greater potential for um, for for more, I would say, closer to the end of this year. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and it, do you see it being long-term or just possibly just moving to the next step? Or, I, like, I think the only it, chance you have at making it uh, into anything long-term might be, I don't know how Lady Fontaine feels, but if you pull away a little bit physically and aren't always available and maybe start easing into doing other activities, together so there's the chance to see if you can be with each other other than uh, sexually because the problem with sex first is it speeds past a lot of other things as far as getting to know the person and often the man doesn't want to spoil the intensity of what he's getting by by now making it a committed relationship because he's afraid he'll lose that so you have to show him he's not going to lose that that that'll stay the same or even get a lot better but you have to ease into other activities. I, I don't. Uh, otherwise, you'll never. It will never turn into anything but lust. Okay. Well, the thing is, it's like the other, like with other activities, us doing things together. It's like I'm kind of thinking that maybe you know that's all he, he doesn't want to do any other activities. Like I would almost be like dragging him along to do like other activities. He will find stuff. something he likes and try to drag him along. Something maybe that's not super expensive or draining and that he enjoys doing. Even if it's just you know you cook him dinner and you sit there and talk or you go out with another couple. Or, you know, don't put a great burden on him because, in a sense, you've spoiled him, you know, that, that he's getting sex without having to do the preliminary courting kind of gestures, the flowers, the restaurants, uh, you know, the socializing. And so maybe, you know, now you've got to unspoil him a little bit and you can't suddenly demand that he be the gentleman caller, but I think you have to ease into uh I don't know, take him to a party, visit somebody, whatever you think he might like to do that that wouldn't uh, – otherwise, you know, it, no, it doesn't have any other potential. Uh, I wouldn't think, you know, uh, the way it is oh. now because why would why would he do that? You know, the old why buy the cow if you can get the milk. Uh, I agree enough. with that. I definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I agree with it also. Um, do you, so there's no feelings, no, you know – 
There no, are this feelings. is a way to test it by doing other things. Do you like sports? Do you both do you both have anything you can do together besides have sex? Any other common interests? Um, he likes to. Um, he he can. He has a talent where he he knows how to sing. He sings gospel. And yeah, can, you go, um, can you go with him to a to a church or to a that that's a perfect way to turn it from physical into caring and commitment with some kind of religious uh, gospel. Go with him to the meetings, even if you're not that interested. If you become yeah. part of a religious group, that is that's excellent. I I wouldn't have thought you know, of that. That's I would have funny that that came up because a um, a family member of mine asked me if I would. Uh, and if I would come and I would invite him along because she knows that he likes to, he, he knows how to sing and he likes to do that Perfect. type of thing. And I think that she just like automatically knew that that would be a good idea. And so I think that, I think that would be a good idea also. Yeah, well, we thank you so you much for calling. Family. Tina, that was great. Thank you so much for calling. If you have more questions, you can go to either, uh, you can go to Lady Fontaine's website. And who is our next caller? Our next caller is Angela, and she wants to know if she's going to date Bill. Hi, Angela. Angela. Yeah. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I want to know if I'm going to get together with Bill. It's also a love question. All righty. Let me just... Well, what's your status with Bill now? He's a friend, uh, a very good friend I met at the theater. We do theater together. We're actors, writers... Well, let me tell you that what I pick up from you and Bill is a lot. Of, it feels to me fun. It feels to me tremendous fun between the two of you. I'm actually feeling a nice connection with the two of you, but to me it feels like friendship, warm friendship, you know, warm caring. Um, are you guys at this point even leading towards a, a relationship? Because I'm shaking my head no. It doesn't feel no. it. It feels no, like we're definitely friends. We're good friends. I'm very attracted to him beyond that. He isn't actually in a relationship. They're not married. They're not engaged, but they are in a relationship, mm-hmm. yes. And I won't mm-hmm. go there. If he's, I, won't, I wouldn't go past that. I wouldn't do anything to hurt her, and he's not free to be mine. So. Right, right. I'm not feeling any major changes in your relationship coming up. I mean, there's a wonderful connection, and it does. Does it have the potential one day of being more than it is? Absolutely. But for right now, I'm just not seeing it. I'm feeling this warm, really fun friendship between the two of you. And I, I kind of feel it's going to grow into a stronger friendship, but right now I'm not seeing anything more than that. Okay, yeah, it's possible I couldn't do anything until he's free because I don't go there and he's, he's not tried to cheat or anything like that. We've been very good friends. Yeah, no, and I could feel the warmth in the friendship, and it's a lot of fun. It really, really is. And, you know, somebody like that, I mean, I feel your energy is overlapping really beautifully um, you know, sometimes having a close friend is, is even more valuable and more important than love relationships that, that sometimes come and go. Yeah, that's true. Although I wonder if I'm going to be alone forever, but <laughs> I go through well, that. I think she doesn't want to risk the friendship maybe because the two of you work together, and if you dated and then it didn't work out, then, then maybe it would be a little bit awkward working together. But I, I think there's some desire on his part just like your part. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree I, there's an attraction, but I'm just not seeing it going anywhere right now. I'm just not. I feel he's so comfortable in this friendship with you um, yeah. that, that I don't feel in his energy a realistic, um, you know, next step. 
that he's heading towards with you right now. I just don't feel it. I, I don't. Other than, I, other than close friendship. I think that's correct right now. He's also going through a lot of stuff, so I don't know what's happening with his relationship, but his parents are ill, so it's been a rough time for him. Mm, mm. Yeah. All, All right. right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your call. Thank you. Um, Lady Fontaine, do we have time for one more call, yeah, we'll or are we going on? Call. We'll take one more call. Okay. We have Vin, who's wondering if there is a job in the future. Okay, Vin. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. Actually, it's Vince. Oh, okay, Vince. Um, okay. So you're wondering if there is a job in your future. Yes, because I've been out of work for the last uh, a little over two years now. Wow. Yeah, and I'm getting desperate. Yeah, I could imagine. That's a long, long period of time. Um, All right, a couple things are jumping out at me. One, um, it feels to me that a a different kind of opportunity, something outside of what it is that you're looking for, um, is going to come your way. And and I'm feeling that between the April and, and May up to June time frame. So I do feel that there's going to be a supplemental source of income coming in for you, but it is going to be different than what you're doing. As far as getting a work in the field, what field are you in? Well, here's um, I've always been in the manufacturing production industry, um, and so I need a job just at least right now to pay the bills. Um, But my heart and soul lies in acting. Um, the I, I actually feel that you could be supplementing your income pretty quickly. Are you looking for any perhaps um, part-time or, or temporary or anything like that? Because it feels to me that you would have income coming in quickly. As, as long as the decent pay, yeah, and it's something that I like. Um, well, maybe you just have to get on the payroll, even if it's not decent, because then you come from no lack as Lady Fontaine would say, you come from having a job, and then it's a little bit easier to get the job that you really want and love if you're already earning some income because you don't come across as desperate. Right. And it's true, not really the coming across desperate to you, me, or, or you know, the employer, but to the universe. You can't, you can't um, you know, fool the universe in what you're feeling because obviously there's an anxiousness in your energy to want to have to pay your bills, and that's a very uncomfortable position to be in. Honestly, Vince, I feel broaden your search. I mean, start looking at temporary, start looking at part-time opportunities. I feel you can land something pretty quickly with that, but I'm also feeling another opportunity is going to come between that May and, say, June time frame. It's going to be different than what it is that you're doing. So um, is there something that you've been thinking about? Because it almost feels to me that you've been looking at other opportunities, and I feel something's going to just come your way that is going to be a decent pay and a really an interesting job opportunity. Well, I did apply for um, – I, I had a pre-phone interview last uh, Thursday with one company. They just opened up a huge brand-new company. Um, it's about 50 miles away from me, um, and it's similar to what I've always done before, and it's decent pay. And um, so I had a pre-phone interview, so I'm waiting to hear about that. And on Friday, I applied online uh, for a position as well for this company that makes a lot of health and vitamin products. And these are full-time positions for you? Yes. Okay. Um, well, without a doubt, in the next you know month or two, I feel you're going to have a, a 
um, certainly income coming in and, and certainly a job opportunity. I mean, there are things aligning for you that I feel very, very strongly. Um, in the two opportunities that you talked to me about, the first one um, is sort of resonating at a higher frequency for me and feels more suitable for you. Okay. So, I mean, there is potential here. I just urge you to, um, you know, what my guides are saying is really broaden your search. And, it, it, you know, it feels to me that there is work and there are opportunities out there for you. It just does. And if you, if neither of these come through, look at part-time, look at temporary, look at something different. I feel like Dr. Cirillo said, we'll get you in the door and an opportunity will branch out from there. All okay. right? All right. All right. Good luck to you, Vince. Thanks. Good luck. All right. Um, for tonight, um, that is all the callers that we're going to be able to take. Um, I want to just mention one thing, though, for all the callers that are on the line. We are going to be running a, a, a contest starting this week, so please listen. Um, I'll be announcing the contest a little bit later in the show and in the next few minutes. But, Joanna. Yes. Hi. Hi. It was a <laughs> great show. It was. Thank you. Thank you so much because I, I, I really think that Lisa was absolutely awesome. And um, I'm amazed at her ability to really um, – I guess, um, you know, Don't interpret in. all these charts and, 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 and give us some phenomenal information. But I, I wanted know. to ask you, is this the week that you're heading to Houston? Yes, I'm leaving on Friday, and I'll be back on Monday, and I'm very, very excited. Wow, I'm, so this is this acting workshop. Yeah, I'm coaching a film, and I'm also um, going to be teaching a, a, a seminar on acting, and I'm real excited Ooh. about it. So um, I think it's really great because I am a working actress and producer, and so they're not just getting uh, words of wisdom from from somebody that says, go and do that, but I'm out there doing it too. So tonight I did a radio show for Houston, and it was pretty exciting because they're all so excited for me to get there and, and work with them, and, and uh, women in film got behind it and the film commission cool. in Houston. So it's, it's quite a quite a great thing. So wow. I'm so is it according to your astrology chart, I mean, this <laughs> is what you should be doing, and there'll be people behind you financially as well as uh, verbally, which is well, very I'm hard to get. I'm also producing a feature, and um, we were we we have our ideas of where we're going to shoot, and only this mm -hmm. week they said they told me it could be te in Texas, so they were so excited. I mean, I don't know where we're going to end up shooting. There is a chance it will be Texas. So is that is that the feature film that I told you I felt was going to start revving up? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. felt that that was really going to start really moving mm -hmm. along. Yeah, and we got Santana and Los Lobos for the music, which is uh, really a oh, great wow. Movie. Yeah, we have a big director, and we've got names, you know, a lot of people. It, it's moving forward. I mean, not as quickly as I would like it to, but it's moving forward. So, Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. And what do you have anything else going on in in your life right now with acting? Or well, producing? I finished two movies, and then uh, which I, I should be out soon. But one is called The Confidant, one's called Shadow Play, and um, I did a pilot that got sold. But we will see what happens with that. And um, you know, I'm out here auditioning and that kind of thing. So every day is different. Yeah. So it's it's nice. Yeah. That's one of the wonderful things about creative arts. Every day is different. It doesn't uh, different. turn into something boring. It's true. It's true, and you never know, you know. Some days I wake up and say, oh, what's going to happen today? And the phone rings, and, oh, you've got to be here and here and here. Great, I'm Happy. ready. 
Good. So it's, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah that really, yeah. really is a good thing. So do you want to plug your workshop? Is there any place that they can, um, people can, I mean, oh, is it still, you. Is it well, still yeah. time for people to sign up? I mean, Well, quickly, I mean, it's going to be Saturday in Houston, and I know people that are flying in from L.A. to Houston to take it. So I, um, it's going, you can go to, they, they made a website for me, and it's uh, joannasanchez.com, and then I have a fan page on Facebook that they started. So uh, that can tell you, you know, where to sign up. That's terrific. I mean, I, I wish you well with it. I think it's a phenomenal opportunity. And I know personally, um, having worked with you, with, um, with you helping me with acting, um, I think you're a phenomenal teacher, and I'm sure it's going Thank to be an you. awesome, really an awesome seminar and workshop. Thank you. I did it in Belgium, <laughs> and I did it in Memphis, and I, now I'm doing it here, and I've done it in well. New York and L.A., so it's exciting for me. Yeah, maybe we can get you at some point to do it here in New York. I would, I would love to. Yeah, love definitely. To. Yeah. Come to New York. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll York take my, it. We'll New York's my it. home. York. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We'll all take it. That would be awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But thank you, Joanna. Um, okay. And I want to thank all our listeners and callers for allowing us into your homes and for sharing your life's experiences with us. We love you all. Um, and for those callers who didn't get on the air tonight, please visit my website on ladyfontaine.com and check out the contest we're running. Basically, all you have to do is if you were in queue tonight um, to speak to Dr. Cirillo or myself, email me at info at or at, excuse me, at contest at ladyfontaine.com. Email your name, phone number, and question. And we're going to select one lucky caller to get a free reading from Dr. Cirillo and myself on the air next week. All the details and instructions are on my website. We're going to be doing this each week. And the plus side of this is we're going to be calling you right here from the show. You don't have to wait in line um, and, and be in the queue for the call. So be sure if you're interested in getting a reading from Dr. Cirillo and myself, be sure to send an email to contest at ladyfontaine.com. Again, I want to thank Lisa Elvins-Deltari for being here. I think she was an absolute delight. I loved having her, and I definitely want to have her back on the show. I also want to thank my co-host, Dr. Jean Cirillo, Joanna Sanchez, and Julie Zellman. Special thanks also to Rachel, who did a great job screening calls and helping us with all the technical stuff in the background tonight. Thank you. I'm in gratitude to all of you. So everyone, remember to tune in next week at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear more of Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo taking your calls live here on Eye on the Future. Tintillating conversation and expert advice as callers experience the best of both worlds with two of America's top relationship experts. Tune in next week at 11 p.m. on Tuesday, March 2nd. And beginning next week, we have an extra treat for you. Right after Lady Fontaine's Eye on the Future, stay tuned for our new show, The Invisible World, with your host, Frank Todaro, and featuring Lady Fontaine as your expert on the paranormal. Newsflash. Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean Cirillo are now available to give you their expert guidance in private sessions. They will be offering 15, 30, or 60-minute sessions. Please visit Lady Fontaine's website for additional information 
and to schedule your appointment with this dynamic duo of relationship and life experts. They can help you guide you through life's challenges. Those interested in learning more about Dr. Cirillo, please visit her website at www.drgenetv.net. Her book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Self-Testing Your IQ, is available at bookstores now. Your weekly astrological forecast is provided by Lisa Elvin Sertari. For more information about her Starline Report, her astrological predictions, or to have her prepare your astrological chart, visit her at www.starline-astrology.com. Her contact info is also provided on Lady Fontaine's show page here on Blog Talk Radio. Don't forget to visit Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com to learn more about her or to schedule a private reading or life coaching session. You can also follow Lady Fontaine on Twitter and Facebook for her latest announcements. Those interested in learning more about Frank Tadero, please visit his website at www.franktodero.tv. Keep up with all the latest news and highlights about our lovely guest co-host, actress, producer, and acting coach, Joanna Sanchez. Visit her at www.joannasanchez.com and follow her on Facebook. Don't miss Joanna's exclusive acting workshop in Houston this weekend. You can sign up right from her website. Tune in next week to learn more about our co-host. So I think it's been a great show. I'm sorry about my technical difficulties, but it seems that Lisa explained why that might have happened. And we're going to move forward here (laughs) and appreciate all that's to come in 2010. Oh, without a doubt. And, Julie, thank you. I think you were wonderful. Um, I wish everybody a wonderful week. And remember to honor yourself, and you'll automatically draw in countless experiences honor you. Good night, everyone. Hope to see you back here next week. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye.